Welcome back to the Gridiron Authority Podcast. My name is Keith Thornton. With me, as always, my co-host, Mike Adams. Mike, what's up this week? Uh, we got a lot to cover this week. We have our first coach firing, not the guy I would have gone with, but nonetheless, it happened. Uh, some positive COVID tests. We got our first quarterback benching of the year. We had some major upsets this past week and a couple big comebacks, so a uh, lot to cover. All right, let's get started. All right, let's get started with some of the biggest headlines. This one's probably the biggest headline possibly ever. Uh, my team in fantasy beat Mike's team in fantasy. Uh, I'm now in, what is it, third, second place in the division. Uh, how did you like that game? Uh, I feel like you got a little lucky. I didn't have Michael Thomas. Uh, made some poor decisions, uh, poor <laughs> life choices this week. Uh, yeah, I can't believe he's not the coach that got fired. I mean, it's insane. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll come back stronger from this. This isn't who I am. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the actual big headlines. Uh, probably the biggest headline, COVID. Um, the Chiefs-Patriots game gets delayed to a Monday night game. Uh, the Steelers and Titans game gets completely shelved until week seven, I think. So it's kind of wreaking havoc. And now they're reporting that the Titans are up to 22 players that have tested positive. And a report just broke. I don't know if it's actually fully broken yet, but they said that the Titans held illegal workouts during the shutdown. They have pictures that kids took. They're at like some local high school team, and they were taking pictures of the of the Titans players on the field practicing in violation. Um, the the virus is spreading through their team. What do you think is going on with the Titans? Uh, I mean, just obviously, some they're not following the protocols uh, the NFL set out and the CDC set out. Um, which is how this spread's happening. Um, I mean, it's kind of disappointing that, obviously, I, I don't know if it's sanctioned by uh, by their coach or anything like that, but by, by Mike Frable, but um, if it's not, then he's obviously lost control of the team a little bit. I mean, I understand the guys want to practice and they want to play and they, you know, they feel like they're doing what's best for them, but from a, you know, in a long-term situation, this is not the best thing to do. Um, if your players keep testing positive, you have no one to, to put out on the field. You're not going to be able to play. You're going to have to be held out another week and then another week. And um, so, I mean, it, it's not really the smartest thing that they're doing, but I understand, you know, what they're trying to accomplish. I understand that they want to play football and that they want to be ready for their next game. So I get it, but it's just not the best move. Yeah, for sure. And then, You've got the Patriots. Cam Newton tests positive, pushes the Chiefs game back to Monday. Um, really, Cam Newton was the only one on the team affected at that point. They flew two separate planes of people that were close to Cam and people that didn't have contact with Cam. Played the game against the Chiefs. After the game, they've, they've now decided that uh, the corner has COVID. He shook hands with Pat Mahomes. It's a huge nightmare thing. All the Chiefs have tested negative, but I mean, what do you think of that situation? It looks like everyone was negative going into the game, but then came out of the game with some positive tests. Yeah, I mean, and it it takes a few days. You know, I know it takes a few days for a test to come, you know, for it to really test positive, honestly. Um, And so at the time, it was probably showing negative. Obviously, it showed negative. Um, But, I mean, it was. I think it was optimistic to think that Cam Newton was the only guy 
in that facility that was going to test positive. There was bound to be someone else. It's unfortunate that it was Stephon Gilmore, the the reigning defensive player of the year in the NFL, and a guy that, you know, after the game, he and Patrick uh, Mahomes actually hugged after the game, shook hands and hugged. Uh, so that's a bit of a nightmare situation if you're a Chiefs fan. Um, I mean, they always have Chad Henney as backup, I guess, if Mahomes has to miss a game, and they're basically the same player. But, uh, <laughs> I mean – not a, not a great situation either. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Patriots have a game delayed, which, um, I mean, if they could play this week, they're actually going into a bye. Um, so they have one game and then a bye. So if they could at least get through this week, then, then it won't be, you know, as big a situation as with the Titans, but, um, but still kind of, you know, a little bit disturbing news. And I think we need to keep an eye on kind of what we talked about last week with all the potential things they could do by adding like a you know week 18 to make up some of these games because they made the Titans and Steelers game work by flexing the Steelers Ravens to week eight because they both had a bye week and then week seven making the Steelers Titans game happen. But they can't do that very many times. It, it literally can't happen. I know the Raiders actually had a tight end test this week. I think it was a tight end that tested positive. And now they're looking at potentially having to delay the Chiefs game again so, uh, and with the Chiefs playing on Thursday night next week, it's they really can't delay it any later than Sunday. It just can't happen. So, I think it's going to be something to keep an eye on and see how the league handles this this situation. It's going to be a mess. Yeah, for for sure. I think. All right, let's get into some of the game recaps and some of the news here. Um, boy, the Jets look bad on Thursday night. Uh, I mean, they scored twenty eight points, but Sam Darnold gets dinged up the Broncos were literally missing half their team and the Jets still lost so when you're talking about the coach that did get fired which we'll get to in a little bit it wouldn't have surprised me if it was Adam Gase because this guy is garbage yeah Adam I mean number one Adam Gase should have never been hired as the Jets head coach um I want to I want to get that out of the way and make that known um and the fact that he's made it as long as he did is, is or as long as he has is, is ridiculous. Cause I mean, he's basically ruining Sam Darnold's career at this point. Uh, and you look at how guys, you know, look at how Ryan Tannehill has flourished after he left Adam Gase. Um, hopefully that'll be the case with Sam Darnold in the future. Cause Adam Gase is not long for the Jets job. And, and, and even Adam Gase though, still isn't the guy that I was suggesting should have been fired. We'll get to him shortly too. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the Broncos played a good game. Um, Sam Darnold, actually, he had, a what, I think a 46-yard run that was actually pretty incredible um, for a touchdown. That was about the highlight for the Jets. But the Broncos played a good game. Brett Rippon um, had a solid game. He did throw a few interceptions. But, I mean, for his first NFL start, um, being a practice squad guy, I mean, he had a solid game. Melvin Gordon ran the ball well, had over 100 yards and a couple touchdowns. Um, Jerry Judy, I believe, had his first NFL touchdown, um, which was a great catch. Uh, so, I mean, it was a, it was a good showing by the Broncos, even, you know, against a bad team, but you know, they went out and won a game that they should have won. So, um, you know, good for them. Yeah. And I'm sitting here looking at the Broncos as, as one of the teams that I could see making a second half rebound. Drew, Drew Locke comes back. Obviously Jerry Judy's playing really well. Um, yeah. they've got some other weapons. Melvin Gordon's running well. They got Noah Fant who's playing lights out. Uh, if they yeah. can solidify that offensive line, they can, you know, they're going to, they're going to hang around with some people. They've, they haven't really been blown out in many games. I mean, yeah, they lost this one or they won this one, but they've lost a couple of them by close games like the Steelers, who are yep. one of the top teams in the AFC right now. So 
uh, I, I expect the Broncos honestly to have a solid second half. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that once they get a few of the guys, obviously some of them like Von Miller and, and Cortland Sutton aren't coming back this year, but I think when they get Drew Locke and a couple of these other guys back, um, I could I could see them going a four and four, or maybe even a five and three in the final eight games of the season. It's just going to be a little rough getting to those final eight. Absolutely. All right, let's look at uh, the Chargers Bucks game. This one, it, it kind of shocked me, honestly. I, I expected the Bucks to win. We both picked the Bucks to win, but yeah. I didn't think Tom Brady would throw five touchdowns. That was a shocker to me. Uh, Bucks offense is rolling. Yeah, and, and this was a game they were actually down, I think, at, at one point. Was it like 30, 31 14 yeah. or 24 yep. 14? Um, like they were down before they went on a, on a big run. But this is what I was talking about after week one when everyone was panicking about the Buccaneers and and Tom Brady not being able to play anymore and and there's no rhythm there and you know the 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 ship is sinking already after week 1 and now they've won three straight games uh Tom Brady putting up great numbers i mean through for 369 and five touchdowns he's been one of the top you know he's been a top 10 quarterback this year um and and not far outside of a top 5 quarterback honestly uh, Ronald Jones is running really well um, Fournette was out this game but for you know Fournette when he's played he's played well uh, Mike Evans is starting to come alive uh, with the catches and the yards now. He was already getting the touchdowns, but um, he had, I think, three three in the first three weeks, he had three or four touchdowns on a total of like 10 yards or something. But this game, he actually had seven catches, 120 yards, and a touchdown. Um, so now he's starting to come alive. Gronk is slowly starting to kind of emerge. I think, I think the second half of the season, Gronk is going to make a big impact. Um, once he gets some of that rust off of him and, and despite giving up 31 points, I mean, uh, the Buccaneers defense is still playing well. I mean, they kind of got rattled in the first half, but the second half, they completely shut down the chargers, um, held them to seven points in the second half. So, um, you know, they got rattled early and then recovered and, and shut the chargers down. The offense is clicking. And I mean, the bucks are, they're looking dangerous. They're looking, they're looking really dangerous. And to me, even though Tom Brady throws the five touchdowns, I'm, I'm still this is this team is as good as they are because of their defense. This this defense is phenomenal. I mean, some of the players, I'm sitting here looking at the stats right now for Chargers rushing. This is why they lost the game. Justin Herbert had 290 yards and three touchdowns, but they literally allowed less than like 40 yards total rushing to the Chargers. Yep. I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous. Austin Eckler gets hurt, but um the leading rusher on the team was Justin Herbert with five attempts for 14 yards, if that tells you anything. So um, yep. This this defense is for real. I mean, it, it's something to watch. Yeah, for for sure. And and again, I th I think, you know, I said this after week one when when everyone jumped on the you know the Bucks aren't who we thought they were and and they're overrated. And I said it's going to be fine. They've got Tom Brady. They've got all this talent. Bruce Arians is a solid coach. Like they're going to recover. It's going to be okay. And and they've recovered. And and it's it's okay at this point. So. Um, I think if you're a Buccaneers fan, you got a lot to look forward to the rest of the season, especially with the struggles of some teams like the Saints. I mean, everyone thought this division would be super hard for Tom Brady, and it turns out it's not going to be. It doesn't appear. Uh, yeah. I'm sure the Saints will rebound, but I I think the Bucks are strong. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to this game. Joe Burrow gets his first NFL win with the Bengals over the Jags. What did you think of that one? Uh, I mean, it was it was. A close game. I thought it would be a close game. I had it going the other way, I believe. I think I picked the Jaguars to win. Um, 
But I, I mean, the difference I talked about last week was Joe Mixon. They hadn't Joe Mixon hadn't gotten going all season. Um, they hadn't been able to get anything going with Joe Mixon, uh, and he finally came alive. Uh, had twenty five carries, one hundred and fifty yards, two touchdowns, um, and that was it. You know that allowed them to set up the play action pass that took some of the pressure off of. Uh, Joe Burrow that brought some people up into the box, which gave them, you know, some passing lanes down the field uh, where they were able to put up 33 points. Um, defense played good enough for him to win, gave up 25, which isn't great. But um, I mean, it was a, it was a solid offense. And and again, we know that that, uh, you know, the Bengals aren't going to make the playoffs this year. But, you know, same thing we've been saying with the Dolphins and even the Jaguars. It's you just want to see that week to week progression. Uh, and now in the last two weeks, they're, you know, they're one, you know, one oh and one. Uh, so for the season, they're one, two and one right now. So um, I think Bengals fans would have killed for this last year through four games. So um, it was a good it was a good performance by the Bengals. Uh, Jaguars, Gardner Minshew still playing lights out, just really not getting a lot of help from the defensive side. Um, but the Jaguars offense looks good. I mean, they're running the ball well, they're passing the ball well. Um, it was a good game for both teams, but the Bengals obviously played better better, good for Joe Burrow, good for Joe Mixing, good for Zach Taylor getting, I think it's third win um as a coach. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's uh, the re- the reason I picked the Bengals was I honestly think the only reason the Jags are even competitive right now is Gardner Minshew. I mean, they did absolutely. nothing to help him. He's just willing that team to you know, honestly, let's be honest. Yeah, they're average. They're competing team, and he's the only reason. Um, yeah. If he had pieces around him, they'd actually be competitive. But uh, uh, you know, he's doing a good job for what he's got. Yeah, and, and I think you know they've got some good. They've got some good young receivers there. They've got DJ Shark, and they've got Colin Johnson, and uh, oh, they got another rookie from Colorado. I just can't think of his name right now. Uh, Lavisca Chenault. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and the running back Robinson, undrafted uh rookie, um, undrafted rookie has played lights out this year. Um, so from the offensive side, I think if they get a little offensive line help and they can get a few pieces on defense through the draft this next year, the Jaguars could can be a, a solid team um within a year. I don't I absolutely don't think they need to pick a quarterback in this next draft like a lot of people have them going. Uh Gardner Minshew, I I think is a franchise quarterback. Um, take away his draft position um, where he went and just look at his sheer numbers. He's a franchise quarterback um, and, and playing better than a lot of people that are in their second years or, or even third years when you look at guys like Baker Mayfield. I would take Gardner Minshew over Baker Mayfield right now any day of the week. Um, so I do believe he's a franchise quarterback. I think the Jags have a lot to work with. They're, they just need to develop and get a little bit of help on defense. Yeah. All right, let's move on to this game here. Um, it's never a good omen when you lose to Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, but it was really bad for Bill O'Brien and the Texans. We are now on to the point where here is our first head coach firing. Uh, Bill O'Brien fired as the head coach and the general manager after four games. Uh, a lot of people, I won't say they didn't see this coming, but the first three games of the season, they had a ridiculously hard schedule. Um, yeah. I think where it screwed him is obviously losing to the Vikings isn't ideal. But also just the the way he's and we've talked about it since last year. This guy's a horrible GM. Um, yeah. He went from having a championship caliber team to being zero and four, and he really didn't need to. All he had to do is keep who he had, and he would have been more competitive. Instead, he sells the farm. Now they don't have a first round pick. They don't have a second round pick. They don't have their best receiver. Their best def- or one of their best defensive players and Jadavion Clowney's gone. 
mm-hmm. this this team is in rough shape and they they finally were just forced to part ways of Bill O'Brien. Yeah, and, and and I think the the thing honestly is is he wasn't a bad head coach. Uh he was over 500. Um uh, this was his seventh season, so not counting this, he won four division titles in six years. In six full seasons, he won four division titles. Um, I think most people would take that. He won some playoff games. Um, I mean, he had success as a coach. Um, it was his to me. It was the, his GM performance is what cost him. Um, it cost him as a coach, and it cost him as a G, as a team. Honestly, um, I mean, again, he, some of those trades he made, he he just got nothing in return. It's not it's not even that he traded DeAndre Hopkins. It's what he got back for DeAndre Hopkins. It's not that he traded for uh, Laramie Tunzel. It's what he gave up for Laramie Tunzel. Um, it's those kind of things that that. I mean, I I just I don't get. I mean, those are trades that you can't even make in Madden, and you can trade anything in Madden. Um, and we'll get to Madden later too. We'll do, we'll we have a Madden discussion coming, so wait for that. Um, but I mean, it, he's just a terrible GM, and it obviously affected the on the field product. Um, but as a coach, I don't really think he was a horrible coach. Again, over five hundred, four division titles, and six full seasons. So, um, not a bad coach, just a terrible GM though. Well, and we see it all the time with with these guys. Some people are cut out. Even hell, even Andy Reid in Philadelphia, when they get total control, it's too much for one man. Honestly, I mean, somebody like Bill Belichick does it okay. But even look at Josh McDaniels. I honestly believe had Josh McDaniels not been given full control over the Broncos, he probably would have been yeah. a successful head coach. Yeah. Um, but he came in there and he traded Jay Cutler and he traded Brandon Marshall and he drafted Tim Tebow and just did a bunch of really questionable things. And when you're basically sabotaging your own coaching career by setting up your uh, team for failure, it's never going to work. And it happens all the time. Like you said, Bill O'Brien was doing great until they fired the general manager and put him in charge. And all of a sudden the team just tanked. Yep. Um, he just, I, I feel bad for the guy, honestly, because um, I will say this too. I, I was reading today. Apparently, they're saying that he was a hothead, temper guy. I didn't know that about him because he never really does it in public or anything. They said yeah. that he actually got into a shouting match with JJ Watt when JJ Watt was criticizing some of the coaching decisions. They got into a fight and they're basically saying it was like a player's revolt that got him fired. And it doesn't sound like there's a single player on the Texans that's sad to see him go. And that's sad. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I I get, I mean, it's when it comes down to it, it's you put the players in that locker room, but you also put the guys in a bad situation and it, it, it reflects poorly on the players when in reality they're, they're doing what they can with what they have. Um, like you said, they they had all these these superstar talents and elite talents at positions, and then you traded them and got nothing back. And now you're mad that the guys that you got back aren't performing, and you're taking it out on other people. So, um, I mean, it's 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 a firing of his own doing. Um, but still, you know, still still a little surprising it happened this early in the season. I thought he'd at least make it to the midway point of the season. Um, or maybe they'd even just wait since he's the GM. I thought maybe they'd even wait till after the season. But and, and I think that's why I, I honestly believe the story about the players' revolt because there's really no other reason to fire him. I mean, what what could possibly what good could possibly come from? And I love the guy, but putting Romeo Cornell in charge of the team, uh, the guy he's also a guy. It's a great D coordinator, not a great head coach. So yeah, um, uh, the players would I mean, be happier, and I think that's what drove the decision is the players. 
Yeah, and I mean, if Bill O'Brien's anything like Adam, I mean, Adam Gase basically had a players' revolt in Miami where guys were refusing to play for him, and he ended up getting hired by the Jets right away. So it may not be all bad by you know for Bill O'Brien. I was just shocked that Bill O'Brien got fired on the day he promoted himself to offensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> he so was the GM, head coach, and the offensive coordinator, and then the next day they fired him. Nice, nice. All right, let's move on to this next game, and I. I almost get tired of typically I'd like to harass you about the Cowboys, but it's almost getting tired just talking about it. So the Cowboys lose to the Browns, allowing 49 points on defense. Um, you can't all blame the defense just because two turnovers. I think they were up 14, seven or something like that. And they had a turnover on downs, a, punt, a couple of fumbles. Next thing you know, they're down huge. Um, yep. And that was game over. And they tried to do the comeback again, but it didn't work this time. Uh, so what are your thoughts? I, I, yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously, the, I mean, the defense is the problem. I, I don't think that's any argument. They gave up 300 yards rushing uh, in an NFL game, plus they gave up 200 yards passing still. Um, I mean, the, the problem is, is that, uh, you know, kind of like the, the, the best friend to the Chiefs defense is the Chiefs offense jumping out ahead. Um, is the Chiefs offense jumping out ahead and it makes the the defense, you know, predictable or it makes the offense the other offense predictable so that it's easy for the defense to play against. Um kind of the the same counter for the Cowboys offense, the worst thing that happens is they fall behind and then it makes their offense a little predictable and then they turn the ball over a few times. Um I mean the the offense is is obviously they need to hold the ball a little a little better, but at the end of the day it's they're averaging I think 35 points a game. Um, like they may be turning the ball over, but they're still scoring the points. Um, but the defense is giving up almost 40 points a game. I mean, you, you just, you can't do that. Um, I, I think if, if you went to any fan or any coach or any GM and, and told them before the season, Hey, your team's on pace to score almost, you know, to score right around 600 points for the season. How do you feel about that? Would you take that team? Anyone's going to take that team. Um, and no one would project that they'd be one and three at this point. Um, I don't think it's unreasonable to expect the defense to hold a team under 30 points. Cause even if they gave up, you know, 25 to 30 points a game, um, even if they gave up 25 to 30 points a game, uh, the, the team's honestly at least three and one right now. Um, so, I mean, the, the offense, um, has made some mistakes, but I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. The defense is just bad, um, and they they need to get better, obviously. So, but part of that is also injuries, and you know that's part of the game. Yeah, but. and what I will say to to kind of not to argue the point, but the Cowboys' offense to me is inflated. It's not like they're putting up that point. It gets to the point where they're down so much that they just start chucking the ball, and it's yeah. almost it's almost equivalent to garbage time touchdowns. I remember years ago. Um, the Chiefs were so bad with Matt Castle that Dwayne Bowe was one of the top receivers in the league. But it wasn't because they were uh, winning a lot of games throwing those touchdowns because he was throwing them all behind. I mean, to, to throw for yeah. 500 yards and lose by more than two scores is ridiculous. Um, yeah. And, and honestly, we know their defense is bad. The absolute last thing you could do as an offense is turn a ball over and give your, your bad defense a short field to play with. So that's... It, not an excuse for the defense at all because we know that the defense is just bad right now, but the offense yeah. cannot, the last thing they can do is give the, put the defense back out on the field. If they just got scored on. Um, and yeah. in that series of plays, it was like 
They got scored on. Dak Prescott fumbled. They got scored on again. Ezekiel Elliott fumbled. They got scored on again. The defense was destroyed at that point because they've been out of the field for most of the time. The offense can't even hold the ball for three or four plays. Yeah. I mean, the again, the offense, they, they need to have better ball control. I mean, I think they've got like seven fumbles or eight fumbles in the first uh, four games. Uh, lost fumbles at least. Uh, I mean, they obviously need to be, get better there, but I mean, we'll we'll go back kind of to a Chiefs game, you know, a few years ago where in the playoffs, the defense allowed the Steelers to score six times. And when you say, oh my God, they allowed you to score six times, that's horrible. In reality, they gave up six field goals. So they mm-hmm. only gave up 18 points. So yes, they allowed them to score six times, but they only gave up 18 points. The Chiefs lost the game because the offense couldn't do anything. I don't think it's re- like, yes, we... We did give up, you know, we did give up six scores, but it's not reasonable to ask the offense to score 20 points. Um, and it's kind of that same thing. It's yes, the offense for the Cowboys, yeah, we're turning the ball over a couple times, but it's not unreasonable to say, hey, you're an NFL defense, you're professional players, hold them to under 30 points for just a game. Like just one game. Give us one game under 30 points or give us two games under 30 points. Cause again, we're, you know, they're on pace to score, I think, 595 points this season. Um, but they're on pace to give up like 640 points, um, which is ridiculous. I mean, that's, I mean, so you're talking about an all-time offense with an all-time bad defense. Um, so, I mean, it's obviously the offense needs to clean some things up in terms of ball security, but I mean, not only that, but like, like we even (laughs) talked about, like we even talked about Mahomes a couple years ago though. Like if the Cowboys could just run the football, control the clock more and help the defense. Yeah too they don't do that well at all either they get blown out in the first half and then they're just doing nothing but toss the just throw it that's why that's why ezekiel elliott isn't having the greatest stats but yet dak prescott's throwing for what like 450 yards a game the last three games that's that's not not good on your i mean the best defense for them right now could possibly be the offense holding the ball as long as possible yeah i mean part part of the the running issues is is the offensive line at the moment because they have an you know Lyle Collins has been out will will be out the entire season now. He hasn't played all this season, but they just announced that he's going to miss the season in which he was a top five right tackle. And now they've got an undrafted rookie um, playing that position. And then their starting center has basically missed the last two games. Joe Looney got hurt the first play of this last game. Um, and so they have a rookie playing the center position, which is kind of blown up the run game a little bit, but I mean, they do, I will agree with you. They do need to run the ball a little better. Even if you're not getting the big plays, just get the three or four yards, um, take up some, you know, use some clock management. Well, that's the um, thing. Like, scoring is all, is all great and everything like scoring fast, but when yeah. you're deep, like everyone knows the defense is bad. They have to know, like yeah. you have to hold that ball. You need to have 10, 15 play drives to give your defense just keep them off the field. Yeah. Um, even coming out there and throwing an 80 yard touchdown to Amari Cooper does nothing for you except for hurt you, puts your defense right back out on the field. Yeah. Um, they just need to be smarter on offense, whether that's Kellen Moore's play calling or Dak doing audibles, whatever it is. They just need to control the clock, run the ball, don't get behind is the biggest thing. Um, yeah. and, and just literally run the football. D- don't yeah. throw for 400 yards a game. That doesn't mean shit when you can't win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, part, yeah, they, they definitely need to run the ball better. They need to a little better ball security, run the ball better. Um, I think they'll get there, but yeah, I mean, what sucks is, you know, the defensive line, the defensive line for the Cowboys is actually pretty good. Um, it's just, once you get past the defensive line, there's just nothing there. 
um, there's Jalen Smith, but they moved him to the outside. And so it's like when you watch Jalen Smith, everyone's trying to use him as the, the scapegoat for the defense being bad. But in reality, they're asking him on a single play to run stop, to pass rush, to pass cover, to make up for another guy. You know, hey, the, the safety back here is not that good, so you also need to cover his spot. But you also need to rush the passer, and you also need to run stop, and you need to cover the flats. And so I feel bad for that guy. So he's the one I feel the the worst for is because they're asking him to do so much on every play, and then everyone's blaming him for the defense being bad. In reality, the defense would be much worse without him on the field. But, I mean, once you get – in. Honestly, once you get past the defensive line, there's just nothing there because, you know, most of their cornerbacks that are that they're using outside of Trevon Diggs right now are, you know, their practice squad guys from their own practice squad or practice squad guys from other people's practice squads in the secondary and linebackers, honestly. So um, I think uh, kind of like we mentioned with the Broncos, um, I think once they get Van Der Esch back, they get Lee back, they get Chidobe Awuzie back and Jordan Lewis back and, and Brown completely healthy uh, in the secondary. I could see the defense turning into a, at least an average defense um, the second half of the season, but um, they 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 got to start winning some games. I mean, they're playing the Giants this next week, which they better beat them. If they give up thirty points to the Giants, that's going to be bad because the Giants have only scored forty seven points all season. So <laughs> it's funny because um, we keep saying this. I, I was listening to last week's episode, and we were like, they better beat the Browns by thirty points. <laughs> I don't even care if they beat the Giants by. I, I don't even care if they beat them by thirty points. They could beat them by one point, but they just got to beat them. <laughs> don't fall behind early. He's a big one. All right, let's move on yeah, to sure. a couple of games here. So we've got this one is kind of shocking to me. After a super strong start, the Cardinals have lost back to back games to the Lions and to the Panthers, um, who we've said without Christian McCaffrey with the first year head coach that I I don't even know if he's qualified to be a head coach personally. Um, it's a little troublesome for Cardinals fans. Yeah, I mean they're they're losing to the big cats basically. Um, yeah, I mean it, it, the the Cardinals offense has looked good for the most part in both games. I mean Kyler Murray's playing well and um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins playing well, but defense has been pretty bad. And uh, I mean they're just they they seem out of sync on the defensive side of the ball, honestly. So uh, and they've got good performance from the Lions and the Panthers. I'm not going to take anything away from them. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater played well. Mike Davis played well running the football in place of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, obviously, does have the receiving ability um, of McCaffrey, but Robbie Anderson on the outside for Carolina had just shy of 100 yards. I think it was like 98 or 99. Um, so the you know the, the Panthers played a good offensive game, played a pretty solid defensive game. It was a good win by them. Um, hopefully, the Cardinals can can figure some stuff out and, and get back on track. So. Yeah, so here's another interesting game. Um, the, the Bears, we we talked about it. They're 3-0, which I, I said before is a misleading 3-0. They bench Mitch Trubisky. They have Nick Foles in the game, and they lose to the Colts. The defense played well. I mean, the Colts struggled. The 19-11 to game, so super low scoring. This offense just looked completely inept. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not surprising with Nick Foles when you look at his at his history as a starting quarterback. Like he's not a great starting quarterback. This idea that I mean he's a great number two quarterback, but this idea that that he's you know the the savior of of a franchise is ridiculous. Like he had one really great season with Philadelphia where I think he threw twenty seven touchdowns to two interceptions um, and played well. But if you take away that season, hit him as a starting quarterback, he's been mediocre at best honestly even during the Eagles Super Bowl run 
Um, he had a couple good games in there, but there were also a couple games that they won in spite of Nick Foles. Uh, Nick Foles played bad in a few of those games, and they were they were able to pull out the win. Um, so Nick Foles, not to say he's a bad NFL quarterback, but he's not this this you know magical top ten quarterback that just never gets a, a shot at starting. There's a reason he's been a backup for most of his career, and and you know there's a reason that a, a sixth round rookie beat him out in Jacksonville last year after he signed a massive contract. Um, there's a reason he didn't make it in in. Uh, in uh, St. Louis with the Rams. And, and then he went to the chiefs and, and couldn't beat out Alex Smith. And then was basically replaced by Patrick Mahomes um, when they brought Mahomes in. Um, so, I mean, there, there's a reason some of this stuff is, has happened. It, it's that he's an average quarterback. Um, he just happens to have big games and big moments and, and flashes of brilliance, kind of like a, kind of like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, honestly, except he doesn't have the horrible games like Ryan Fitzpatrick has also, um, he just kind of plays mediocre and then has some flashes. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, the, the bears, they didn't have, uh, Tariq uh, Cohen and, um, they played a sloppy game. Allen Robinson had a good game, but the defense played great. The Colts defense played phenomenally. Uh, Phillip rivers. I mean, he's, he's actually, if you take away that first game, Phillip rivers is actually playing pretty well in terms of, you know, playing conservative and, and controlling the clock and game management, um, which is is very weird to see with Philip Rivers. Um, I will but, say yeah, this though, his, his stats are super lackluster to me. I mean, he literally hasn't thrown two touchdowns in a game. I don't think. No, I think he's literally just one touchdown in a couple of games. He's got a couple, you know, a pick or two. So his stats are like they're winning, not because of Philip Rivers at all. It's because of that defense. Oh yeah, they're definitely winning because it's the defense and the running game. But again, Philip Philip Rivers isn't necessarily i mean he probably lost him that first game but the, the other three games i mean he's actually turned into a game managing quarterback like this game um you know not really putting up gaudy stats but they're winning i mean he's doing what he what he needs to do to to open up the run game just enough uh and, the, and they're winning games so i mean that's kind of the important thing honestly i will say this and 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 it's not just my hatred for philip rivers but i honestly don't think the Colts are contender in the afc um, the defense is good, but the offense is nowhere near it needs to be. I mean, even for somebody like the Steelers, the I was going to say the Texans, but not anymore. Um, the Ravens, like I don't think unless Philip Rivers can, I mean, 16 of 29, it's almost a 50% completion percentage, less than 200 yards and a touchdown. They're going to have to do more than that. Um, they didn't have a 100-yard rusher. Like, and I know the Bears' defense is also pretty good, but that's they're going to have to do some more of that to be a true contender at AFC. Oh yeah, I mean they're definitely. I mean they're they're winning their division right now. They're obviously a playoff contender, but I I agree. I think if they're going to beat anyone like the Ravens or or the Chiefs or anything like that, they're going to have to have an elite defensive performance with mm-hmm. with the other team's offense having an off day at the same time, um, to to even have an opportunity to beat some of those teams. Um, so the offense does need to get better. I think running the ball, they're doing pretty well. Uh, they didn't run it great this week, but overall for the season, they're running it pretty well. Jonathan Taylor's look, you know, he's looked good. Um, but yeah, they definitely need to become a little more explosive, which I'm sure will happen as time goes by. So absolutely. All right, let's move on to the, and this is hard to, hard to even say, but the division leading Eagles at uh, one, two and one which is just absolutely insane, beat the 49ers, which we knew could happen because the 49ers have injuries all over the place, but a uh, little shocking, isn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, a little bit, but I mean, Wentz kind of showed up to play a little bit. Um, I don't like the idea that they're saying that Wentz rallied him because Wentz still didn't have a very good game, honestly. Um, so I don't, I'm not a big fan of the whole he rallied him because he threw for 190 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Um, and the running game, I mean, the running game only averaged three yards um, a carry. It, it was more or less Nick Mullins threw two bad interceptions that put the Eagles in good position to score. Uh, um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, it wins a win, and, and they beat a good team. I mean, even with the 49ers pretty banged up, I mean, they're still a solid team. Um, and, and the Eagles beat them. So it was a good win by the Eagles, uh, potentially a momentum builder for them. Uh, we'll just kind of have to see, but I am still pretty concerned about Carson wins because he's still not looking, he's still not looking great by any means. For sure. Um, it's going to be, <laughs> I, I hope it doesn't end like last year, but so far the NFC East is shaping up a little, uh, like last year, <laughs> a division yeah. leader being one, two and one is, is inexcusable at this point. I mean, it works out well for the Cowboys, hopefully. It does. I mean, no matter what, they're not going to be – I mean, you could. I think you can legit lose eight games and still win this division this year. Yep. All right, let's move on to the Patriots-Chiefs game. We mentioned earlier, move from Sunday to Monday. Um, so the Chiefs playing back-to-back Monday night games. Chiefs get the win, 26-10. And my God, the Patriots fans are irate over some bad calls in the game, acting like they've never got bad calls in their life. But – uh uh, the Chiefs pull it out, twenty six ten. What'd you think? Uh, I mean, it was it was it was a win by the Chiefs. I don't necessarily want to say it was a good win. Um, the offense, I mean, the, from a defensive side, it was good. Um, outside of outside of that uh, that little uh, touchdown pass Stidham had, that was a beautiful pass, honestly. Um, and then one big run by Damian Harris a few plays before that. Um, I mean, the Chiefs Chiefs defense played lights out, honestly. Um, but the Chiefs offense was a little worrisome. Mahomes threw two should have been interceptions right to the Patriots. And then then they had the play that was the interception fumble that the Patriots are salty about. Um, which I get. Um uh, that should have been an either another interception or just a lost fumble, however they would have ruled it. Um so that you know, Mahomes in particular looked pretty rusty, but he turned it on when he needed to um and made some plays when he had to. Um, and again, like you said, the uh, Patriots fans—they have no reason, they have no room to complain about officiating whenever their entire dynasty was built off of bad calls. Uh, I mean, there's literally a rule—you know, the Tuck rule is literally over a Patriots game um, that should have never been called, um, and and that's what started their dynasty. So I don't think they really have too much room to. Well, not even that, but the the Chiefs Patriots game—I guess it was last year, or the year before in the in the AFC Championship game. The only reason that the Patriots made it to the Super Bowl is the Chiefs had the a hand, yeah, a hand, a hand. It touched like the shoulder pad, and they got an illegal hand to the face. Are you talking about the offsides oh, penalty? The, the Either way, offside. that that was bad. But the other one was on that drive. The Chiefs reached up, or Chris Jones reached up to slap the ball down and touched Tom Brady's shoulder, and they called him for illegal hands to the face, roughing the quarterback. Yeah. Phantom fifteen yard play that literally put them in the Super Bowl because a couple of plays later was the offsides penalty. Um, yep. So, yeah, I'm, I'm tired of hearing it, and, and it's it's annoying because I can tell you this from watching this, there is not one single point in this game where I was concerned that the Patriots would win, ever. Um, yeah. uh, in a game where you throw four picks, or you, three picks and a fumble, and you run out to half thinking you have timeouts that you don't, 
and then you're sit there and blame the one call on the refs. Literally, these these fans are saying that they would have won if not for the refs. Like you got to yeah. be kidding me! Four turnovers, and you think you were going to win the game? You lost I mean, by 16 points. Yeah. Well, and, and again, that's like the Rams fans complaining about the the pass interference call a couple weeks ago against Buffalo. Um, I don't think Rams fans have any right to complain about pass interference calls uh, <laughs> after what happened a couple years ago against the Saints. Like, shut up. You know, you get caught like, yeah, some calls are missed, you know, that work against you and you get some calls that work, you know, for you. It, it happens. It's part of the league. Uh, it's part of the game. Um, so, yeah, you had one bad call, but that didn't change the outcome of the game. You still play, you know, quarterback play was still shitty. You ran the ball well, um, but you were sloppy. I mean, you had two should have been interceptions, even without that bad call. Um, you had two should have been interceptions thrown right to you that you dropped. Uh, quarterbacks played like shit. Um, offensive line kind of played like shit. Um, I mean, there wasn't really much going for you in that game. That one game didn't didn't ruin it for you. So move on. Yeah, and then of course after the referee excuses, they move on to well they had to fly out that morning, and then well we were playing without Cam Newton. It's like just you lost, just move on. Uh, yeah. I mean right now the Chiefs have won what the last three games I think against the Patriots. So. Uh, going back to the regular season last year, so I'm I'm tired of hearing it. Patriots fans, like like Mike said, just move on. You lost, move on to next week. Yep. Speaking of moving on to next week, surprise! This guy even gets the chance. Dan Quinn and the Falcons lose to the Packers on Monday Night Football. I will say this in his defense: that secondary is beat up something fierce. They got to the point where they were having to move linebackers back to safety because they didn't have enough defensive backs to even play. Uh, had a, a defensive back tear his Achilles in the game. So the defense is hurting. I don't know what happened to the offense in this game, but uh, surprised Dan Quinn still has a job, right? Yeah, a little bit. And and I will give him the benefit of the doubt. I, I know Julio Jones left the game somewhat early. Um, he re-aggravated a, a hamstring injury that cost him to miss last week. Um, Calvin Ridley, I don't even know if he played, honestly. If he did, he didn't really do anything. Um. So, I mean, they had some, some, you know, that's kind of where the offense was. And the defense, they are, they are extremely banged up. I'll give them that. Um, but this isn't a, you know, my, my gripe is it's not a, a one, a one week argument. It's a, a, a three or four season argument where the defense has been bad and bad and bad and bad. And they've progressively gotten worse with a defensive coach um, and haven't really done too much to address it. So, uh, you know, that's my argument for, for, you know, if a coach was going to be fired, it should have been Dan Quinn. Um, because this is a, this isn't a one game thing. It's a two season. It's a three season. It's a four season. It dates back to the Super Bowl, honestly, against the Patriots. Um, I mean, it's, it's been a consistent issue, uh, with this team, with this coaching staff. So, um, I, I'm as bad as it sucks that they had some injuries this week and that they were having to shuffle some players around. Again, it's not a one week thing. It's a, it's a continuous thing. So, um, but a great win by the Packers. They're four and Oh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, 320 yards, four touchdowns. Aaron Jones is playing great. Uh, defense is playing well. So uh, past, you know, Packers look like legit Super Bowl contenders. So how are you feeling about your bears pick to win the NFC North? Uh, with Mitch Trubisky, I felt pretty good with Nick Foles. I don't feel as good, which I know, <laughs> I know that sounds, that's, that sounds funny, but I don't know. I, I, I felt more comfortable with, with Trubisky, honestly, because I, I, I really, I really don't know. Maybe it's because of his ability to make some plays with his legs over what Nick Foles can do with his, but, 
you know, I actually felt more comfortable with Trubisky, as, as weird as that sounds. Well, I think I do too. And I think it's because Trubisky has a higher ceiling. I mean, I think overall, like right now, you're going to get more, and this is saying something because he's not a consistent player, but I think you're going to get consistently okay play out of Nick Foles where you might get some terrible games at Trubisky, but his ceiling is so high just because, like you said, makes plays with his leg, has a great arm. Uh, he yeah. just needs to put together full games, and now he may not get the chance. So, um, Yeah, I mean, I yeah, again, I know it sounds weird because of how Trubisky plays, but, again, I think it is the ceiling. I think it is the ability with his legs. Um, and I think it's, you know, he has shown that he can do it. Like, he you know, a couple of years ago, he was a Pro Bowl quarterback um, and actually put together some good stats. So I feel like I've seen that he can do it. Um, it's just a matter of getting back to that. For sure. All right, let's go through this week's picks, and we'll do this kind of quickly since we're already running a little bit long. But uh, let's start with the Bears taking on the Bucks on Thursday Night Football. Who do you got? Ah, uh, I mean, as much as I want to, uh, I want to pick the Bears, but I'm going with the Bucks because again, the the Bucks are are looking good. Tom Brady's you know averaging right around 300 yards a game. He's averaging almost three touchdowns a game. Uh, Ronald Jones is looking good. Uh, the defense is playing solid, and we just saw what a good defense did to the Bears' offense. So um, I got to go the Buccaneers, and honestly, I think it's probably a ten-point game. I'm going to go Bucks. I, I'm going to say this: I don't think the offense does as good as it has been against the Bears. I think you're going to see almost like a Colts game. I can see this being like a twenty to ten game. I just don't think the Bears' offense can do anything against that Bucks defense because right now they're they're one of the best defensive units in football. So I'm taking yeah. the Bucks. All right, who knows if this game's actually going to happen? We got Bills and Titans. Um, this starts a two-game stretch for the Bills that are the Titans and Chiefs next week. So uh, how do you think the Bills are going to handle this? Uh, assuming the game is played, I'm going with the Bills. Um, Josh Allen, I mean, he's playing MVP caliber football. Um, the Bills, I believe, are a legit Super Bowl contender at this point. Um, with how he's playing, uh, the defense is elite. The offense has, has exceeded expectations, uh, and the Titans are coming off an unexpected buy. And we don't really know how many players are actually going to have on their damn team. So, uh, I, if if the game's played, I'm going Bills. Yeah, I think if had the Titans not missed last week, I think this is a lot closer for me to pick. But yeah, I got to go Bills. Just, I mean, Titans not only are they going into like a almost an unexpected buy, but they couldn't even really practice at all or have any things and then like you said Legally. 20 20 yeah, that's true they can on the playground apparently but uh 22 yeah. players with covid there's still no guarantee they haven't even opened their practice facility back open yet so um if the game is played i gotta think the bills got this one relatively easy okay this game shouldn't be close shouldn't have been close let me rephrase that uh, the Texans hosting the Jaguars, but no Bill O'Brien. Who do you got? Uh, I'm I'm going to go the Texans. Um, I feel like this is where they, they – I think that having a new coach, especially if it was that walkout that they're reporting that is basically a player's revolt, uh, that means that they had an idea of who was going to be taking over for Bill O'Brien. I think they're going to rally around Romeo Cornell. Uh, and, and even just from a pure skill standpoint, even trading away all the guys that they did or getting rid of them, um, the Texans just have more talent than the Jaguars. And and Gardner Minshew, it's going to be fun to watch him and Deshaun Watson kind of duel it out. Um, but I think talent and and that that new coach spark is gonna is gonna push the 
the Texans to a win. Oh boy. I'm going to go with the upside here. I'm going to go Jags. I, I mean, Jordan Minshew is playing well. The thing is, it, it, Bill O'Brien, as fiery as he may be, Romeo Cornell is the exact opposite. That dude's a teddy bear that has almost no intensity when he was the Chiefs head coach. I love the guy, but I mean, I don't see him as the guy that like ignites up his team. I think the team's just going to be okay. Like they're not, they're not going to be fired up. I think they're going to be like, okay, they're going to be relieved that Bill O'Brien's gone. I think the Jags can upset him here. I mean, I, I honestly believe at this point the Jags are as, as least talented as the Vikings, and the Vikings beat the Texans last week. So I'm going to go Jags. Okay. Well, you'll be wrong. We'll see. Probably. <laughs> I actually hope you're right because I think it'd be great for the Jaguars. <laughs> yeah. But. So we got the Ravens hosting the Bengals. Ravens coming off of a win against Washington, like we said they would last week. Uh, rebounding against the Chiefs. Joe Burrow coming off his first win. Who do you got? I'm going the Ravens. Um, the Bengals have played well. I mean, they're they're progressing each week. I think this is going to be a big game for them. Um, their first divisional game, I believe. Um, Joe Burrow going against an, another former Heisman Trophy winner, going against the reigning NFL MVP. Um, they've got Joe Mixon going now. Uh, they've got the passing game going, uh, and they've got a little momentum on their side, but the Ravens just have too much talent, honestly. Uh, the defense is is unlike anything the Bengals have played this year. Uh, the offense, again, if they can get that little bit of a lead uh, and, and let it play to their advantage, then this game's going to be over early. Yeah, I got the Ravens here. Just, I mean, for the same reason, simply too much talent. Uh, Lamar Jackson finds his running ability again, and and I, I think Joe Burrow has a decent game, but the Ravens' defense minus the Chiefs' game is pretty solid. So, uh, yeah, Ravens. All right, we got Dan Quinn and the Falcons hosting the Panthers coming off that win over the Cardinals. Who do you got? Man, I so badly want to choose the the Falcons in this, but I, I, I don't know if I can, even though, again, I think talent-wise they're better than the Panthers. But the Panthers have won two straight games. The, the Falcons are extremely banged up. Uh, I don't know what that secondary is going to look like. I don't know if Julio Jones is going to be playing. Uh, I don't know the status of, of uh, Calvin Ridley. So um, because of the injuries and then just just honestly, I mean, just from a mental standpoint, they got to be wrecked by this point already. Uh, I'm going to go the Panthers on this. I know it's a bit of an upset even without Teddy Bridge or even without uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but again, I just don't know what type of shape the Falcons team is going to be in, particularly the defense. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this. This is this one to me is the toughest one of the week. Uh yeah, my gut and my brain tells me to pick the Falcons, but man, just seeing the injuries in that secondary, and and not minor injuries either, big injuries. Um, yeah. Oh boy, you know I'm going to pick them anyway. I'm going to pick the Falcons. I, if Matt Ryan can throw, the Panthers' defense is is not that great. Um, I still don't think Matt Rule is going to be that great of a coach. I mean, he he could prove me wrong, but. Um, as of right now, I think he still needs to prove it. This would be a good game for them, a uh, divisional game to get this, but I'm going to go Falcons in this one. All right. I will catch you in the in the rankings here. Doubt it. <laughs> All right. Raiders at the Chiefs. Who do you got? Raiders next game. No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go the Chiefs. The Raiders got off to a good start, but they've kind of struggled the last couple weeks. The Chiefs have them at Arrowhead. Uh, it's a bit of a short week for the Chiefs, and I'm sure the Chiefs will be looking ahead a little bit to the Bills, um, kind of like they did against the Chargers with the Ravens. But 
Uh, I think they're going to be more prepared. I think the intensity that that the Chiefs bring or that this rivalry brings in general for both teams, uh, I think they're going to they're going to be ready to to show up a division rival. The only really challenge that they have in the division, honestly, uh, and I don't even want to say it's a huge challenge, despite how the Raiders have played this year. Um, I, th- I think the Chiefs are going to come out of this one with the win. Yeah, finally, the smartest thing Derek Carr ever said this week is somebody asked him about the rivalry. He said, what rivalry? I think to have a rivalry, we'd have to beat them at some point. Um, yeah. It can't be. A, it's kind of like the the forced rivalry with the Ravens. Like, you can't have a rivalry if the other team never wins. So, um, yeah. I do like the Raiders this year. I think that they're doing well. But to me, the, the biggest thing is Pat Mahomes doesn't have back-to-back bad games. Uh, he just doesn't, if you look at his, his history. Um, he doesn't have barely any bad games, but last week you could definitely say it was a bad game. He threw two touchdowns. Both of them were little shovel passes. Um, he, he threw two picks that should have been picked, but weren't. So I think he comes bounces back big, and they and they easily beat the Raiders in this one. All right, all right. Cardinals at the Jets, and oh my god, if it couldn't get any worse, Sam Darnold not starting. Um, so you're gonna get Joe Flacco manning the Jets against the Cardinals. Who you got? I'm going Cardinals in this one. I know the Cardinals have struggled the last two weeks, but um, I mean, we've seen the the Broncos had 70% of a team and still beat the the Jets by, I think, nine points, I think 38, 37, 28 or whatever it was, or 10 points maybe. Um, and that was with 70% of a team. And now you're bringing in, you know, really a borderline elite offense um, that has a questionable defense, but I think that defense against Joe Flacco is going to be good enough. Uh and the offense, I think, is going to put up some – if the Broncos can put up 37 against them, uh, I, I hate to see what the Cardinals can put up against them, especially if uh, Kyler Murray starts running the ball, if he's finding DeAndre Hopkins, who's averaging almost 10 catches a game and almost 100 yards a game right now. So, um, I mean, there, there's no one on the Jets with that type of pro- productivity or even close. So, uh, I, I think just from a talent standpoint, from a from a – coaching standpoint the cardinals are just a superior team and they i think they win this one by two touchdowns at least to me this one's easy uh i don't think and i'm including the washington football team in this i don't think there's a single team the jets can beat right now um and that's with sam darnold you throw joe flacco in the mix and yeah they're they're not even competitive in this one i i honestly don't believe it um i do think adam gase gets fired at some point this season i'm surprised it wasn't after last week losing to 70 percent of a team it could be after this week, so that's that's my projection. Adam Gase is last week. All right. All right, we got the division-leading Eagles taking on the Steelers. Sorry, I giggled there. Uh, who do you got? Uh, I think this, uh, the Steelers. I mean, they've had a, a week to rest, a week to get ready for this game, and I'm sure it's been a bit of an emotional roller coaster for them, uh, getting hyped up for the Titans game and then not getting to play it and then basically finding out that they had their bye week without really knowing they had their bye week. Uh, I'm sure a bit of an emotional roller coaster, but they're going to come out. They're going to be ready to play. Um, they're they're just superior from a talent standpoint. Uh, and, and again, they've they've had a, an extra week essentially to prepare for this game. So um, it was nice that the Eagles beat the 49ers last week, but I think the Steelers take them out. Yeah, I actually think it doesn't seem like it right now, but I think this helps the Steelers. What happened last week? I mean. You talked about Ben Roethlisberger saying he felt like he got hit by a car after the game. You had James Conner getting dinged up. This gives them yep. the unexpected week to recover, and I think they're going to be just fine. Eagles, I'm not – I mean, again, 49ers with 70% of a team, the Eagles beat them, and that's their only win on the season. So 
Uh, I got the Steelers in this one. They may hunt the Steelers later in the season when they don't have their week eight bye week anymore. It's going to be a long end of the season for them, but I got the Steelers in this one. All right. All right. Washington football team. This is a kind of headline from today. Bench Dwayne Haskins. Not only benched him, but put him at third string. So you're going to have Kyle Allen starting. Alex Smith is the backup. Dwayne Haskins inactive for this game, hosting the Rams. Who do you got? I mean, I'm going to the Rams. I mean, the Rams are a better team. Um, they're, they're, I mean, they're just talent-wise a better team. Kyle Allen started hot with the Panthers last year, but uh, ended up, I think, losing five or six straight um, before he was eventually benched himself for Will Greer. Uh, I mean, the Rams, again, the Rams are just a good team. They got a great offense. They got a solid defense. Um, Dwayne Haskins, I feel bad that he was he was benched because, again, he didn't he didn't necessarily play great against the Ravens. But, I mean, he threw for over 300 yards, didn't have, you know, didn't throw any interceptions, anything like that. Um, his completion percentage is low. But, uh, I mean, overall, I thought he had played okay. I just don't see him being that much better with Kyle Allen, honestly. I I honestly hope at some point, if it's going to be a quarterback carousel, Alex Smith gets a shot at some point. Because um, I think that'd just be a good story. But that's down the road, probably. I'm going to say, honestly, they'd be better off with Alex Smith right now. Kyle Allen, if you look at what he did last year, when you have a guy like Christian McCaffrey pull, basically pulling everyone's attention away, yeah, you can you can put up some decent stats. And uh, yet, once they figured that out, he was terrible last year. I don't know yeah. why they think he's the answer. I mean, to me, he's hands down worse than Dwayne Haskins right now. So it's yeah. questionable to me. If you're going to do it, I would say put the veteran in, Alex Smith. I don't think they're going to get any better putting Kyle Allen in. So um, it's going to be – it's it's one of those – I know it's still too early for Ron Rivera, and, and especially everything he's going through. But when you start flip-flopping quarterbacks like this, especially when you take your first-round pick and you demote him pretty much clear off the team, I mean, they're not even letting him yeah. dress this week, which is insane. It's usually a sign that the coach is on their way out. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, well, that and and Kyle Allen, I believe, if I'm thinking right, I think he was second only to Jameis Winston last year in total turnovers um, between interceptions and fumbles. I want to say he had like 20, 25 or 26 or something turnovers for the season last year uh, and didn't even play the full season. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think they necessarily get better with, with him. They may stay the same, but they're not getting better. Yeah. And I think the only reason you make a quarterback change is to actually get better. So... Um, questionable yeah. move, but you know maybe it works out. We'll see. All right, we got the Dolphins going against the still injury-ridden 49ers. Who do you got? Uh, I'm going to go the 49ers because I believe Garoppolo is coming back this week. Like I said, against the Eagles, I thought the reason they lost was because of Mullins uh, at quarterback throwing two bad interceptions. Um, as much flack as we give Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think he makes those same mistakes. Uh, he may not necessarily win you the game, but he doesn't usually lose you the game either. Um, and the Dolphins are still progressing. I mean, um, there's some questions about who their quarterback is going to be moving forward. I know it's Fitzpatrick, at least to start this game. But um, I think the Tua era is coming sooner rather than later. Uh, and again, the 49ers, even as banged up as they are, are still a good team. So um, this is another one. I kind of want to see the Dolphins progress um, on the offensive side and the defensive side and, and at least compete with a good team in the 49ers. But I think the 49ers take this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think it I think it is going to be a closer game than most people think. I think this could be a, easily a one score, even a three-point game. But I got the 49ers yeah. just because Jimmy Garoppolo. 
right. if it were not Jimmy Garoppolo, I'd actually take the Dolphins. So that's the progress yeah, I'm, you I'm, like to see. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. If it if it was Mullins, I'd actually be going with the 49ers or with the Dolphins. I mean, yep. All right, this one uh, again shouldn't even be something that we have to discuss. But Giants at the Cowboys. Who do you got? I'm going Cowboys just because that's all I'm going to talk about with it. <laughs> I'm going to go Cowboys, and I'm not going to say what I've been saying. All you know, it has to be a statement game. They just need to win. Uh, just win the damn game. I don't care if it's by a field. I don't care if it's ten three game. Just win the game, uh, yep. and, and make us stop talking about <laughs> the failures. Just win. Yeah. So I got the Cowboys in this one. All right, Broncos and Patriots. Patriots. Uh, I haven't really heard officially whether Cam Newton's going to be playing. But, you know, Stephon Gilmore has COVID. He will not be playing in this game if it happens at all. Who do you got? Drew Locke also, by the way, was reportedly throwing. Don't know if he's going to be ready for this game, but if he is, it could be interesting. Um, If they're without, I'm I'm basing this on the fact that they're going to be without uh, Cam Newton and Stephon Gilmore. Uh, So with that being said, I'm going with the Broncos. Because I, I just think there's too much to be made up there um, for the Patriots. I, I, you know, we're talking about Stephon Gilmore, the reigning defensive player of the year, and Cam Newton. And we saw, you know, I feel like Stidham would have played better had he been put in, you know, had he started the game honestly against the Chiefs. I feel like he would honestly would have played better. Um, but either either way, if it's if it's not Cam Newton at quarterback and they don't have uh, Stephon Gilmore to go along with that, I think that's two big hurdles to overcome. And uh, I'm I'm going to go with the Broncos. Just because of that, I could regret it if Cam Newton ends up playing, but at the moment, it's it's looking like he won't. So I'm going to go with the Broncos. That's a bold choice. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Patriots, even if the Cam Newton's not playing. And here's why: um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's still too early for Drew Locke to come back. Uh, if this Patriots defense can slow Mahomes down, there's no way they can't stop Brett Rippon um, or whoever's going to start for him at this point. Even if it's Blake, yeah, whoever it is, I don't think that the Bill Belichick's gonna have a problem slowing him down. Um, I don't think that they have, I mean, obviously, they're gonna miss Stephon Gilmore, but they still have good players on that defense. Patriot run game looked pretty good. James White will, I'm, I'm sure, be featured more this week. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, the Broncos defense really kind of even struggled against, I mean, they allowed what 28 points to the Jets, and the Jets have a terrible yeah. offense, so um. I think I think it's gonna be the Patriots. I think it'll be a close one, but I think they're gonna pull it out. Okay. This one's gonna be interesting. To me, this is really the Colts' first test. I mean, the Bears looked like a test, but Nick Foles wasn't a test. Let's just be honest. They're taking on the Browns. Uh Browns coming off that big 49 point performance against the Cowboys. Who you got? Colts Browns. I'm going with the Colts. Uh the Browns haven't played a defense quite like the Colts yet. Um, the Browns aren't gonna run for 300 yards against the Colts. Um, they're not going to be able to get all those trick plays that they got off against the Cowboys. Um, you know, I have questions about the Colts offense a little bit, but, um, I have more questions about the Browns offense because they've really only shown up for one game to be, you know, like one big game. They've, they've played some solid games in terms of moving the ball and, you know, scoring a little bit and not turning it over. But in terms of explosive offense, they've really only shown it one game and it was against a really bad defense as we've already talked about. Um, I think the Colts are, are a more well-rounded team than the Browns um, at this point. Um, so I'm, gonna, I'm going with the Colts. I'm going to go Browns 
because I have no faith in Philip Rivers. Until he proves me wrong, I mean, one touchdown pass ain't going to cut it against this team. I honestly don't think Kareem Hunt is running. I mean, they're not going to have Nick Chubb, but I'm going to be completely honest here. I don't know that there's much drop off from Nick Chubb to Kareem Hunt. They have two really good backs. I mean, uh, Kareem Hunt's running well. And here's the other thing I'll say about Odell Beckham Jr. When the team's one and three, he's a problem for your team. When your team's yeah. three and one, he's he's a damn good player. You saw it in that game. He looked phenomenal against the Cowboys. Yeah, That's the personality he has. When when he's having success, he's definitely one of the best receivers in the game. Um, you know, When you're in the last season he had with the Giants, he's a cancer for your team. Right now, it's on the plus side. Um, I think they're going to be able to do enough on offense that I just don't think the Colts' offense can keep up right now especially if they run like they did last week. I mean, Miles Garrett is playing really well on the Browns' defensive side. I think the Browns pull this one out. Okay. All right, we got the Vikings coming off that Texans win, surprising, against the Seahawks. Who do you got? This is Sunday Night Football, by the way. Uh, Seahawks, without without doubt. Uh, I mean, the, the Seahawks, their, their defense is great. Offense is great. Uh, run the ball well, pass the ball well. Uh, Vikings had one good game against them what looks to be a bad team um, in the Texans. I don't think the Texans are as bad as their record shows. Cause like you said, their first three games of the season were, were brutal. Um, so I don't think they're necessarily, you know, when they say they're an O and four team, uh, I don't think they're an O and four team, like the giants or the jets or anything like that. I think they're definitely better than those teams. Um, but uh, you know, the Vikings did beat them. Uh, they had their one good game, but they haven't played anyone like the Seahawks, honestly. Uh, Russell Wilson having an MVP season. DK Metf, um is it you know come really come out as a as a number one receiver. Uh, plus they have Lockett out there. Um, they have Chris Carson running the ball. So uh, I, I think it's just too much for the Vikings. Yeah, and to me, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers right now are the clear cut MVP candidates. And I think uh, it doesn't slow down against the Vikings, who were supposed to have a great defense until I drafted them in fantasy. Uh, and then they just fell off the face of the planet. So I got the Seahawks winning this one pretty easily on Sunday Night Football. Yep. All right. We got the Chargers at the Saints. This is going to be interesting. Justin Herbert's playing pretty well. Saints have been playing bad, but they got the win last week. Who do you got? <coughs> I'm going the Saints uh, on this one. Um, it's looking like Michael Thomas will be back. Uh, I mean, the Saints are, you know, they're playing well. Uh, the offense has, has really kind of exploded the last two weeks and kind of come alive for the, the Saints. I know they lost against the Packers two weeks, but the, the offense did look good. Drew Brees um, has looked good the last couple weeks. Alvin Kamara is looking good right now. If they get Michael Thomas back, um, that obviously adds to the offense when he's you know the number one receiver in football the last couple years, um, even ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. So um, when you get someone like that back, that obviously makes an impact. Uh, I am excited to see uh, Justin Herbert in prime time and, you know, the nation kind of getting to see him play. Uh, the Chargers, I feel like, have played well. They played the Chiefs really well, uh, lost the game. They played the Buccaneers really well, lost the game. So uh, they're competing. They're playing well with Justin Herbert. Uh, I think this is a, a good opportunity for them to come out, compete with another good team and potentially pull off an upset. I just don't think. I, I think it's going to be a good game. I think they're going to compete. I just, I still think they're a little bit away, uh, a little bit of, you know, away from being able to complete those, those big games. So uh, I am going to go with the saints in this one. Who this one's tough for me. Cause I really like the saints. I'm going to go chargers here. And for one guy, really Joey Bosa, I think uh, he gets to 
to Drew Brees, it's going to be all over. I mean, Drew Brees is not throwing it down the field. He's having some decent success in the last couple of weeks, but uh, yeah. Chargers defense, I mean, even against the Chiefs, they, they, they played well. Um, they got a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and I think that's how you have to beat Drew Brees. If you can get pressure on him, get up in his face. He is a short guy. So you get up in yeah. his face and, and make him try to run around in the backfield. It's going to be a long day for them. So I'm going to take the Chargers in the upset. You know, it's crazy. I'll, I'll say this real fast. For as, as much as people are criticizing uh, Drew Brees right now in, in the Saints passing game, if you actually look at his stats, it's actually kind of crazy because he's actually on pace to throw for over 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns, which for him is kind of an average season or, you know, in yardage wise, kind of a bad season, honestly. But, uh, you know, between yardage and touchdowns and completion percentage and things like that, he's actually having you know, a pretty average season by his standards, which is a career year for a lot of guys. But it's kind of crazy just looking at his stats, honestly. Yeah, I think um, the reason reason that that pops out, too, is, yeah, he's on pace for those yards, but it's the air yards. I mean, yeah, like yeah. 80% of those yards, he dumps it off to Alvin Kamara and dude turns up the field for 50, 60 yards. So, oh, uh, oh for sure. Yeah, looking at, looking at his stats, yeah, he's having a decent season. But looking at him play, like if he's not completing a five-yard pass, he's not completing a pass. He's just yeah. throwing little five-yard dump-offs. Basically like Alex Smith a few years ago when everyone said he was the worst quarterback in the league because he was only hitting six-yard average air. Uh, well, I think Drew Brees is probably right around there, maybe even a little bit less. So, yeah. But you can't fault him for using his weapons. I mean, Alvin Kamara in space uh, is dangerous, and that's what they're yeah. doing. And he's, he's, he's being phenomenal. So I think the only thing concerning to me isn't his stats or his wins or anything. It's just how – far he's throwing it down the field is way less than what he typically does yeah i mean eventually they're gonna have to push it downfield but i mean at at the moment i mean how i look at it is you know throwing a five-yard slant pass that goes for 50 yards is the exact same as mahomes bombing at 50 yards downfield you know mm-hmm. um in terms of stats now right. obviously mahomes throwing it 50 yards downfield is going to open up the defense a little more um because they have to be ready for that bomb down the field so um, from a scheming standpoint, I prefer the Mahomes play, but um, from a statistical standpoint, they equal out to the same thing. But if they're going to have any any chance at long-term success this season and competing for a Super Bowl, uh, Breeze will have to actually force it down the field. Yeah, uh, I mean, if you've got like a third and 24, I'd take the guy that can throw it 25 yards over the guy that throws it five and hopes his guys do yeah. something with it. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Even though they have the guys to do that, but. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's going to be interesting. Any other headlines you want to look at this week before you wrap up here? Uh, I mean, just kind of keeping an eye on some of the COVID stuff, obviously. You know, we're waiting to see. I'm sure Mahomes has probably been tested three times since they found out Stephon Gilmore, <laughs> you know, tested positive. Or, you know, we're waiting to see if the Titans are going to have a game. Um, what effect the Patriot, you know, what effect Stephon Gilmore's uh, positive test is going to have on the Patriots. So, I mean, there, there's a lot to watch in terms of that um, headlines. You know, if if, if uh, the Falcons lose again, if the Jets lose again, uh, are those coach, you know, Dan Quinn, Adam Gase, are they going to have jobs at the end of the, you know, at the by Monday or Tuesday? Uh, so there's a lot to a lot to kind of keep an eye out on there. Yeah, for sure. All right. So even though we're a little bit long, we're going to give you our full in-depth analysis of Madden 20. What is it? 21 now? Madden 21. Yeah, I'm going to kick it over to you. What's the full in-depth analysis of this game? Fuck you, EA Sports. All right. That pretty much sums it up. 
Mike, where can they listen to us? Uh, as always, check us out on gridironauthority.com. Check us out on Facebook, uh, Instagram. You can listen to us on Apple Music, Stitcher, uh, Google, iHeartRadio, uh, anywhere like that. Uh, like and subscribe. Spotify, check us out on Spotify. Uh, like, and, uh, like and subscribe. Tell your friends about us. Uh, check out our website for updates, any articles we're putting out, uh, any NFL headlines. Uh, yeah, so that's yeah, it. Be sure to share that Madden review. It's a good one. It is a good one. It's in depth. (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys next time.